This is a bonus chapter of the WCBS Author Talks podcast. I'm Lisa Chernkovich. Our humble podcast got an injection of glam this week from the one and only Tyra Banks, and we've realized it's just too good to hold on to. Supermodel, entrepreneur, mother, daughter, those are all apt descriptions of Tyra. Well, now you can add author to the list. She's written a book with her mom, Carolyn London, called Perfect is Boring, 10 Things My Crazy Fierce Mama Taught Me About Beauty, Booty, and Being a Boss. You've got to love that title. It's part memoir, part advice, and a lot funny. She spoke to our Pat Farnack about it. Hi, Tyra. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Loved, loved, loved your book. I read it on the train and I was laughing and chortling out loud. People were looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your book is so fun and inspirational. Who did you write it for? I wrote it for moms and daughters and fathers and sons everywhere. I feel like, um, you know... A lot of parents tend to forget that they were like a teen before or a kid before, and then they turn into this adult and they're like, well, this is who I am. And you, you, my child, are some alien creature that I was never like. (laughs) Um, And my mom, um, you know, who wrote this book with me was uh, totally opposite. Like she remembers that she was crazy and sneaking out the window and and all of that. And so we wanted to do this book to talk about taboo topics that that families need to be talking about, you know, so that, that kids and teens aren't out there getting all this crazy misinformation and that talking about these taboo topics and the stuff that makes you blush or laugh out loud um, creates true true bonding and, and actually a safer, safer kind of experience for kids. It's hard to believe that the modeling world gave you, of all people, a hard time about your looks. How did you get through those those early years? I guess your secret weapon was your mother. Yeah, my secret weapon was my mom. When I first went to modeling agencies, they told me so many different things. Um, You know, we can't take you because you're black and we have one black girl at our agency already. It was like, what? One? Uh, Oh, my God. Um, We, You know, your calves are too small. You're, you know, just so many different things. My mom was there to like for me to cry on her shoulder. And I didn't know it, but later my mom told me that she wanted to curse all these people out, but she was, like, keeping it calm (laughs) for me. Um, So, yeah, she definitely was there for me. And thank God, or else I probably would have gone crazy. I loved the part in the book when you're talking about self-acceptance. You got to thinking of yourself as a product up in the shelf that you take down for different jobs. And that way it's it's easier to take all this creepy stuff that people can say about you. Exactly. If they're saying all these crazy things about your physicality, my mom was like, they're not talking about Tyra. They're talking about the product, the thing on the shelf. So you can do two things. You can tweak your product for that client or you can find another client, find another audience, find another world that appreciates your product. So it helped me to really not lose my mind when there was so much rejection every single day. She's too this. She's too that. She's not this enough. She's not that enough. And I was like, they're talking about the product, the thing, not me. Which brings us to when those modeling agencies told you to lose weight, your mom took you for pizza. Yeah, in Italy, she took me to pizza. She's like, Ty, they said that you, you need to lose all this weight and you're not, do, you're not doing as many fashion shows as you used to. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to eat pizza. And we went to a famous pizzeria, well, our famous pizzeria, not a famous one, but our favorite one, um, in, in Milan, Italy. And on that, in that pizzeria, on the table, there was that butcher block kind of paper, yeah. and um, butcher paper, and she made she put a pen in my hand, and she made me write down every single client that likes ass. 
that likes booty, that like does, does not need to have a skinny model. And so I wrote down Victoria's Secret. My mom was like, yeah. And then I was write it down. And I was like, um, Sports Illustrated. And she's like, write it down. You know, and then she's like, who has an ass? And I was like, um, Cindy Crawford. She's like, write it down. And so like, I had this list and she's like, those are the models that you want a career like. And those are your future clients. Like, you know, she was like my, my cheerleader slash drill sergeant. Since you bring up ass, it's a perfect segue to my favorite part of the book hands down, was uh, the sex talk your mom gave you on the train. (laughs) And the eight words that men will say to get you to have sex with them. That talk was when I I turned 13 and was heading to high school. And my mom was like, my daughter's a teenager now, and I need to have this talk with her because in a couple of years, she's going to start dating and the guys are going to start saying this. And so she put me on a train from Los Angeles to San Diego, California. And I'm thinking we're going to go to the zoo. (laughs) Um, And I did not want to go to the zoo. I'm like, I'm going to high school soon. I don't want to go to the zoo and I want (laughs) to be with my friends. But my mom put me on that train so that I couldn't run while she gave me this like crazy, like raw and real sex talk. But the thing is, those eight words to watch out for, when people have to read the book to see what they are, but those eight words to watch out for ended up really truly happening. And like a guy said them to me just years later, like three years later. And I was like, what? You know, so my mom's raw talk worked. It definitely worked. Didn't have sex with that guy. I was thinking that uh, your mom must have been in the backseat of that car all those years ago when I was in high school. (laughs) Your preparation, though, when you were first called to France by a modeling agency, it was nothing short of brilliant. Could you uh, tell our audience uh, what you did to prepare with those VHS tapes and all of that? That was yes. amazing. So I, I had an opportunity. I got dis- discovered again, but this time to go to Paris to model. And I also had um, colleges waiting for me. I was going to go to college to study film and television. And I had two weeks to decide what I was going to do. And my mom said, this is your decision. But if you do choose Paris, you, you studied for the SATs, you need to study for Paris. And I was like, I didn't know what that meant. So back in the day, I went to the yellow pages and (laughs) I found a fashion library in Los Angeles, California. And I took the bus to the fashion library and got VHS tapes of like French designers. Um, I talked to the librarian there and she, you know, showed me all of the different runway walks of the different designers and how they liked models to walk. Um, She showed me how to read magazines at that time and how to find the credits that weren't so obvious to find back then of the photographer, hairstylist, makeup artist, stylist. Um, so when I went to Paris, I was super prepared. I walked differently for Chanel um, when I did that audition and did my hair and makeup different for that. Then I would do an audition or what we call a go-see for Yves Saint Laurent. Then I'd slick my hair in a bun and put on red <laughs> lipstick and walk like a regal queen for him. And I booked 25 fashion shows my first season. No one had ever done that before. And that was because of that preparation. I was going to say, most girls, uh, what, they book two or three and you had 25? Yeah, three is good. Three wow. is good. Three is Your agent will be like, oh my gosh, you booked three your first time. And this is before social media stardom and all this. This is, you know, girls just going to Paris to make it. And people weren't doing a lot of fashion shows their first season at all. What did they say to you or or how did they look at you when you you walked in at these go-sees? They must have been like, Um, wow, who is this? Yeah, who is this American girl? And they all called me Tira. 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 And so she's so good. She walked like us. She's so perfect for us. We love it so much. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it wild that uh, you were going to go to college for television production 
and here you are. Yes. It, you you just came crazy? out about it. It's great. It's great. Yeah, a lot of people think that, oh, I just had this kind of like idea to do a show about modeling, <laughs> America's Next Top Model, because I'm a model. Actually, no, I always have been fascinated and wanted to produce and write and direct um, film and television. So I just returned back to what I was going to do if I didn't go to college. I think you contributed big time to the fashion world, opening up to different kinds of beauty um, so much. Where do you see the beauty world going next? Um, one thing is it's, it's a lot more democratic. Um, there are so many models um, being discovered on Instagram. Makeup ar- I find makeup artists and hairdressers on Instagram. I find designers that I want to wear on Instagram. And so I love that it gives people the opportunity to reach their dreams and they don't have to go through the traditional route of just hoping somebody plucks them and, and uh, you know, kind of taps them on their head like a, like a like Glinda the Good Witch or something, you know, um, that, you know, so many more people have an opportunity. So I think that's only going to get bigger and bigger. You're going to think I'm, I'm absolutely out of my mind, but we're always hearing about how robots are taking over so many jobs in the world. Do you yeah. ever see robot models as a, as a trend in your business or a possibility? A hundred percent. So I wrote an op-ed for New York Times. I don't think you're crazy. I wrote an (laughs) op-ed for the New York Times, um, and they asked me, um, what did I think beauty was going to be in a hundred years? And they asked a bunch of different people in different sectors that were like experts in their sector. So they asked me about beauty and fashion. And one thing I said is I felt like um, avatars and stuff are going to definitely be taking over um, models, whether they're robots or, or digital. Most definitely. It's a lot cheaper. Well, that's true. You don't but... have to deal with somebody's whining, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think you were awfully brave. You were the first to put your picture out there uh, without makeup, and, and I think you were still gorgeous. And then after oh, makeup, yeah. the transformation was stunning. It's pretty mind-boggling, isn't it? That before and after picture in the book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's hair and makeup and photography and lighting and like the best team, you know, re- uh, doing me over. And I, I really want people to see that it's a creation. And when you turn on Instagram in particular, it can make you feel really insecure, you know, seeing all that kind of quote-unquote perfection. And I have pictures that look like that too, but I did want people to show that I don't wake up like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even at your worst, you're better than uh, 99% of the people <laughs> no, out there. You have to admit that it. Picture's crazy. You have to, that picture is crazy. Yeah, you're being nice. That picture is insane. It went viral when I actually put it out on social media. The, the you're a viral picture. girl. You're a viral girl. So much goes viral. <laughs> well, you've been, you've been a delight to talk to. Uh, anything else you want to say about the book? Uh, Perfect is Boring is so much fun to read. I wish you yeah, all the best it's, with it's, it. Thank you. You've done such a wonderful, beautiful job of capturing um, of capturing the book, and I love that you read it on the train and laughed out loud. I mean, it's really it's really a, a lot of takeaway, a lot of lessons, but so fun. I almost say it's almost like a comedian wrote like a self esteem book. That's kind of what it feels like to me. I think you. It's a, co- a comic duo, you and your mom. Yes, exactly. My mama. My mama's hilarious. <laughs> well, I, I wish she had been here with you today, but you were fab. So um, thank oh, you so thank much for you. taking the time and, and good luck on your tour. You're everywhere. Every uh, channel I turn on, there's your face. So uh, good <laughs> luck with your tour. Thank you. And that's our fierce bonus chapter. 
Let us know you're rooting for us by reaching out on Twitter and Instagram at WCBS880Books or email me at lisat at WCBS880.com. That's L-I-S-A-T at WCBS880.com. 